welcome to Scaling the Summit, Radio Gold Style. Your host, Charity Bryan and Sandra K. Sims. I am your technical director, Ginger Aaron Brush. Let's get started. Welcome to another exciting episode of Scaling the Summit. We are Radio Gold. I'm Charity Bryan and my co-host is Sandra Sims. Buddy, how are you today? Oh, it's beautiful here in Birmingham today. Everybody needs to get outside and go play. Hey, anything going on besides, uh, I know you're teaching summer school. That's it. What, what else is there? Wonderful time. When you're at home, you can play in the water. You come here and teach. What a gift summer is. Buddy, you are forever educating the youth of America. Love my, it. Hat, my hat's off to you. Take it easy on those kiddos, though. It's summer. Come on. No, man. no. That's when it's best time to play. Come on. Well, all right. You know what, buddy? I am so excited today to introduce our next show. We have a fabulous lineup, uh, along with some very exciting news. And, uh, you know, it's a little different format today, buddy. We have got some some really uh, impressive folks on the show. And we have a guest host today, Karen J. Thomas O'Dowd from the great state of Oklahoma. But I do, wait, wait, I want to go ahead and say right now, yep. I think that's going to already elevate this. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's just be honest oh. with you. Oh, the you, fact and I, that... you and I are not the host today. Right. And absolutely. It can only have, go up. To have a guest host. Oh, yes. my gosh. This is, this is probably it. our best idea it. yet, by the this way. Is it. This is why right. we should do it from now on. Absolutely. Well, Karen J. Thomas O'Dowd from Oklahoma will be our guest host, and she will be joined by uh, Maria Melchionda from Massachusetts. Uh, yours truly will be uh, one of the guests as well. Deb Berkey from Michigan, Holly Noonan from Florida, Carol Seattle from Connecticut, and Cam Kirst from the state of Washington. And we have some very exciting news to announce on today's show, so enjoy and listen up. And a reminder to all of our listeners to join us in Birmingham at the Health and Physical Literacy Summit, February 13 through 15, 2022. We can't wait to see all of you in person in February. Buddy, I know you'll be there. Absolutely. The entire cast of Radio Gold will be in Birmingham, and we can't wait to see everybody. Hope you have a great week. Enjoy today's show. Well, greetings and welcome to the first Voices of the Academy webinar. It's presented by the National Academy of Health and Physical Literacy. And today I have the privilege to introduce you to part of the leadership team um, of this new organization, the National Academy of Health and Physical Literacy, or as we've come to call it, the Academy. I'm Karen J. Thomas O'Dowd. I live in Oklahoma and I'm one of the nine founders of the Academy. And I also serve as the past president on the Academy Board of Directors. I'm the host of today's webinar and our technical director is our techie guru, Ginger Aaron Brush in Alabama. So today's topic is introducing the Academy um, as a new organization, a new professional organization we have the unique opportunity to create a professional organization and structure and community uh, that will serve individuals and various specialty groups across the spectrum of health and physical literacy. So we think the possibilities are endless. The leaders you will meet today each bring to the academy um, extensive experience, leadership and service to our profession. And I can attest that each and every one of them is absolutely committed to this academy and to excellence. So let's meet this group of strong leaders and individuals. Let's start with the inaugural president, Charity Bryan of Louisiana. Charity, wave hello. Hi. The inaugural chief executive officer, Maria Melchionda of Massachusetts. And it's my pleasure to introduce some of the founders and executive directors of the four regions of the Academy. We're gonna move from east to west as I introduce them to you. Carol Seattle, Eastern Seaboard Executive Director from Connecticut. Holly Noonan, 
Southern Tier Executive Director from Florida, Deb Berkey. Southern, I mean, no, excuse me, she's Midland Executive Director from Michigan. And way out there in the West Coast in the state of Washington is Cam Kirst, and she's the Executive Director of the West Coast region. Um, there's a lot to learn, voices to hear. So I'm going to start with the first question for President Charity Bryan. And I'm going to start with Charity, what do you think your vision is for the Academy? Karen, first of all, thank you uh, for hosting today. It's an honor to be here uh, in this inaugural group and this uh, brand new organization. Uh, I would say that my vision for the Academy is that, you know, our tent is very wide. Uh, we want to serve all professionals who, uh, who are engaged in health and physical literacy, uh, regardless of what level that may be or where they're employed. Uh, and when I say our tent is wide and, and we welcome all, I, I mean, we literally do welcome everyone uh, who has any, anything to do at all with health and physical literacy. So, you know, part of that vision is it's a very big tent and we want as many folks to uh, be with us under that tent as possible. And we're very much a community organization. We're very uh, member driven, member focused, and we want to provide an experience for our members that is unparalleled. Uh, the Academy is here to serve our beloved profession and the professionals that uh, are a part of our profession. And we wanna provide the very best professional development resources and experiences for our members. And I know that we have uh, the team and the skills to accomplish uh, exactly that. And I'm very excited about our future. I, I can imagine. Um, when we talk vision, we often then follow that up with goals. So what are, what are the goals of the Academy? Well, you know, the Academy will be undergoing a strategic planning process like any good organization would. So I would not want to, um, you know, force the Academy into any goals. But I would say that my personal goals uh, as president for the upcoming year would be number one, to focus our organization uh, on the commitment that we have to members and being a member driven uh, organization that is highly responsive to members. Uh, number two, I'd like to see us lead a substantial and sustained membership drive over the year to engage as many professionals as possible in the academy. Uh, and third, I would like to be sure that we are on a path to secure the future of the academy by filling all of our leadership positions, and there are many, uh, at both the national and regional levels and providing, again, that top-notch uh, professional development uh, and a national summit for our members. So. Uh, those are my personal goals for the Academy for this year, but I know that through that strategic planning process, uh, our members will have valuable input into the, the direction of the organization from here on. Great, wonderful. Well, Charity mentioned uh, leadership opportunities, and I know that we have over 450 spots for people to be actively engaged and inside the decision-making process. So I think that is one of the, the hallmarks of this academy. Um, next, our questions will go to our CEO, Maria Melchionda. And so Maria, I'm gonna start with you with, um, what will your first 50 days as the academy CEO look like? Gosh, okay, so after I come down from cloud nine, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gonna be, um, very interactive. Um, I plan to answer tons of emails, lots of phone conversations with professionals from all over the country. Um, and we know that all those professionals have skill sets that once we come together in this community, as Charity has said, we can serve others within the health and physical literacy realms. So um, I'm thinking there's going to be lots of communication with our leaders, uh, especially our executive directors on this call, uh, orientations to be done, um, and board of directors meetings. So there is so much that is jam-packed in that first 30 to 60 days that um, it, it's going to be busy and exciting. And I just see it being extremely, like I said, interactive. Yes. And of course, that's part of what comes with being a 
brand new, exciting organization. And so um, we share your excitement. Next question for you, Maria. What do you think will be your biggest challenges in this year ahead as the CEO? Sure. You know, there are so many um, professionals out there that have so many talents and skills. I think it's basically corralling everyone into <laughs> making sure that we all have the same message. You know, we all have the message of what is the mission of our um, academy. And that is to serve folks within the health and physical literacy realms in a variety of ways, of course, but using those skill sets to, to the best of their ability with, you know, because so many people bring things to the table that you never want to oust them. You always want to include them. So our Academy is all about being member driven and being uh, inclusive. And so um, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge is making sure that everyone is utilized properly and we're using their talents and they're aspiring to be leaders in over the 450 roles that we have within the Academy. So that would be, that would be it for me. So it sounds like it's going to be a big tent and a big table. Amen. Big tent and big table. All right, let's talk for just a minute with our regional executive directors, and we have four of them, uh, and they're all with us today. So this first question is for both Deb and Holly, and I'll, Deb, I'll have you go first. How will you generate ideas within your region? Well, thank you, Karen. I think that the most important thing that, that we can do is to keep people informed of the most current legislation trends, tools, and services, because I really believe that if practitioners have those types of tools, that that in and of itself will begin to generate ideas from them. But then the second thing is to offer platforms and opportunities for them to network, to share, and to build projects. If you find like-minded people, uh, such as this group, you usually find a way to um, make things happen. And so I'm, I'm believing that um, by, by providing, um, as I say, an opportunity for people to be able to find each other, if you will, and not have a lot of barriers to that, um, that they can freely um, find projects. They'll find projects, uh, but if I, I and uh, the, the group make sure that we keep them uh, informed of things that they really need to use. After all, I mean, teachers, Teachers and practitioners are busy. And if we can get the right sound bites for them, um, I believe that they can take those pieces and build a nice, uh, well, you all are on your table and your, 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 your table and your tent. I was thinking more like a circus, but I'm thinking that the circus, okay, will be, will, uh, will be not only entertaining, but um, be something that um, can be utilized across the uh, United States. Okay. Holly, executive director of the Southern Tier, um, Holly, how do you think you'll generate ideas in your region? Well, I'm happy to be in that circus with you, Deb. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Can't wait to see what kind of roles we play in that. Um, but I plan to generate uh, great ideas by filling the Southern Tier Cabinet and committees with dynamic, energetic, and of course, positive people. Um, I've been simply busting at the seams, preparing a list of people um, to ask to serve the region. And I believe that many of the people in the Southern tier are gonna be ecstatic to join the Academy. And they're gonna be very happy to serve in any capacity that they can. One of my favorite books, um, some of you may have read it. I've used it before in my school settings. Uh, one of my favorite books is The Energy Bus and it's by John Gordon. It's kind of a simplistic book, but it cuts straight, uh, straight to the core of positivity. And, um, so many positive um, things happen in that book. And I love, I want to be able to bring that to our team as we get started and get the ball rolling or the bus rolling, if you will. And some of Gordon's rules uh, that he includes are the desire, vision, and focus to move your team in the right direction. And that, that's uh, gotta be at the top of the list for us. Fueling the journey with positive energy. And of course, you have to have fun and you have to enjoy the ride. 
So everybody get ready because along with that circus, we're gonna enjoy the ride. Um, and I hope Southern Tier is ready for the ride. We're gonna make it as, mo as uh, enjoyable and focused and positive as we can. Well, and as our colleague Sandra Sims is uh, famous for saying, it's all about the joy. And I think that is something that we, we all can agree on. So our next question is for uh, Carol. What is your number one goal um, at the onset of this venture? All right, well, first, thank you, Karen, for hosting us today. And I'm so thrilled to be here with each of you. Um, I, I think initially probably would be the number one goal would be to really um, seek out and bring together like-minded professionals, retirees, current um, and young and future professionals from across the region um, that are looking to network, serve, lead and learn from one another. Um, and I think more importantly, to create that um, family or community uh, that really will foster the growth and development of health and physical literacy, but more important, one another as professionals in our field. Um, I, you know, I come from um, a professional career where I've always sought out um, family first, you know, beyond my own personal family. I have a family of colleagues um, at my school in professional organizations that I've been in. And I think that that's um, what I hope to carry over um, in the Eastern Seaboard and bring on those professionals um, that think think as I do as the leader and that really want to help to to really make the academy grow and flourish, but to work collaboratively with um, the other regions um, to really kind of foster all that we stand for. Right. And I, I was I was pleased to hear you note that this organization is for our colleagues, whether they're future professionals, new professionals, um, long timers or retired professionals. There's going to be a place for everybody. And I think that's part of what excites me about this new opportunity. All right, Cam and Deb, we have a question for you. And Cam, you'll go first this time. What do you think are the biggest challenges that our profession is kind of looking at over the next three to five years? Thank you, Karen. Um, as we've coming through the pandemic, I think we've had some challenges by all means in, our, in health and physical literacy and how we've um, approached classes and helped our students weather the last 16 months. Right. And so as I think about that, I think it's important that we as physical and health literate, literacy professionals, we find ways to fit well into that academic world. I think it's easy for us to sometimes be left behind. And I have watched a couple of webinars of just outstanding health teachers and physical education teachers and what they have been doing. And I, I would like to see us really um, work on that so we are not left behind in what some of the people think um, is the academic world. I think as well, um, a challenge is just us being um, technically technology involved and, and know all the technical pieces um, that will bring everything, whether we're in the classroom, in the gym, out in the field, or we have to do um, screen sharing again or whatever um, might happen in our world of physical literacy and health literacy. So I think some of the challenges were brought to us currently, and um, we still sometimes face those challenges to be strong in the academic world and be respected sometimes in our uh, buildings in, in higher ed. Right. All right. Thank you. Deb, what do you have to say? Well, I would I would support what Cam said. I think, uh, especially the the first one, um, we need to continue to make sure that we maintain or create a space 
for us uh, as we return is incredibly important to me uh, personally uh, as a professional um, and I believe to this organization that we make sure that we leverage the whole child um, approach uh, because that is that's the most current thing. That's that is that is what they're that is what many many uh, it's best practice. It's been around for a long time, but you know we really need to make sure that our folks understand. Hey, you're one of the ten pillars. You know, there's health education and physical education and social emotional learning and advocacy and parental involvement. That's just five of the ten. We need to make sure that we capitalize on that. As Cam points out, we need to be part of of the return, the re-entry. And we need to make sure that, that now more than ever, they understand just how important health and physical education and literacy are. Uh, the second thing is always being uh, secure, securing uh, resources. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, an old, that's an old tune. I mean, uh, that we, all of us, especially the, the, those of us who are a little long in the tooth have been, you know, we've been looking for resources uh, uh, all of our lives, but now it's even more important because you not only have to find the previously um, um, emphasized resources, but we have to make sure that we retool and understand that we're going to have to use technology and our programs are going to have to be geared toward being face-to-face, -face, being hybrid, being, being um, uh, at home, uh, virtual, and we have to have the tools to do that. And the third challenge I would, I would say I came from teacher preparation, teacher education, uh, physical education was my, that was my ballywick uh, for many, many, many moons. Um, we need to make sure those programs are, are, um, are secure. We may not have as many, but we need to make sure that whichever ones, whichever ones survive. And I just, I don't know how else to say that, that the students that are the young professionals that are, are um, coming forth and are graduating and taking the place of many who have retired Many people just said, hey, you know what, see ya. I'm, I've had enough of this. One, we need to make sure that we have replacements. Two, I think we have to find those retirees and make sure that we find a way for us to bridge those gaps so that the best possible um, experiences can be um, provided. And, and, and that won't be a whole five years, that's in the next three. And then you know, I backfill from there. But I do believe that this organization that's coming forward going to help uh, do a lot of those things because I believe that it has um, reduced some of the barriers that previously existed um, in such ventures. And um, so, like I said, find our place, make sure we're with WISC, uh, secure our resources, and make sure that the people who are taking our places are well-mentored and ready to make an impact on the lives of children and citizens across the United States. Right. Uh, you know that Cam and you both have mentioned the um, changes that will probably come as a result of having experienced a pandemic. Certainly was the first for each of us. Um, but I, I guess I'm a person who believes that uh, from that, we will find positive um, change and and enthusiasm. I, I, I truly do believe that. And I, I concur with both of you. All right, Holly and Carol, we're gonna ask our last question to our regional executive directors. And uh, Holly, you'll go first, followed by Carol. Uh, what do you value most about the culture and the vision of this academy? I value the culture and vision of creating a professional associate, association that focuses on its members. Um, uh, it's member driven from, from every crevice of this um, association. Uh, we're all educators and we come from many facets as some of us, uh, you have already mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, this um, national association is going to include people in the K-12 setting, higher education, administration, researchers, um, and retirees. At the end of the day, we're all simply people who basically want the same thing in a professional organization. And that's to find an organization that supports its members, offers leadership opportunities, provides services at the regional level, as well as at the national level. And um, to be able to do these things all while supporting quality health and physical literacy. Um, 
I, I also believe that this group has, the group that puts this organization together, the founders had a, a passion. And passion um, is a very important word. And um, some of you in the audience, I'm, I hate to refer to a book as I did in my first answer, but there's another book that I, I often use. Um, and that is the book by um, Angie Andrews. And Karen, you may be familiar with this because I think you introduced the book to me. And it's called The Traveler's Gift. And in this, there's a section um, that I'm gonna read to you and I, I wanna quote it so I don't mess this up here. And the quote is, passion is a product of the heart. Passion is what helps you when you have a great dream. Passion breeds conviction and turns mediocrity into excellence. Your passion will motivate others to join you in pursuit of your dream. With passion, you can overcome insurmountable obstacles. You will be unstoppable." End the quote. The Academy founders were filled from the top of their head to the tips of their toes with passion. And I'm thrilled and honored to be a part of the Academy and uh, to be a part of the culture and the vision that I just see is gonna explode and be a very passionate and positive voyage. I, I would have to agree with you. There has been no shortage <laughs> of passion uh, as we have uh, created this beautiful thing over the many months we've worked together. Carol. Well, I could probably say ditto to everything that Holly said, as well as everything that everyone else has mentioned. Um, but probably the shared vision um, and the leadership of, of those of us that have helped to establish the Academy. I think along with the real sense of family that we've already begun to create um, and flourish, um, that I really believe is gonna be a foundational component of each of our regions. Um, and then I think um, also to go along with what Holly said, would be the focus on our members. Um, and then that creating um, a positive atmosphere and environment for all of us to, to learn, grow and thrive in. Um, I believe that, um, that which we as founders have focused on will carry over to our memberships um, and it will be invaluable as we move forward um, and hopefully exist for many, many years to come. Um, and then I think to kind of also dovetail on what Holly said, um, I think for me um, would be the expertise of the group that I've been working with um, to found this group. It is just um, insurmountable and second to none. Um, and the compassion and passion um, for our field and for what we do, um, I think will really be what will certainly make us a successful uh, professional organization and one that I think will certainly um, attract many members um, in the future. Um, those that have been around for a long time and those that are just starting out in their career. Um, and I am extremely fortunate to have been a part of such a, a wonderful group of individuals um, that have a similar vision as I do for our field. And I look forward to doing great things with everyone that I work with um, and alongside of both in the region and at the national level. Well, that, those, are, those are powerful answers. And uh, listening, we all pick up on the, the words that keep circling back and that is passion and commitment and excellence. Big tent, big table. Um, the doors are wide open and they're open to the education community, to the wellness community, communities out in the public, um, our retired people who have so much to give and share and help us as we guide this beautiful, beautiful new machine forward. So I, 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 I concur with you. We've, we've got a lot of good positive energy. All right, back to Charity, our president. Um, Charity, how would you define, or maybe how would others define your <laughs> communication style? Yeah, those might be two different questions. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they probably are. 
Um, you know, I would say that, you know, for better or worse, I'm a, I'm a pretty direct communicator. Uh, I think being clear in messaging is uh, absolutely critical, whether you're working with one person, a small group, or a very large organization. Um, people need to have clarity on what their role is and what the expectations are. And, you know, I think communicating messages effectively is critical to success. But I think it's also important that you balance clear communication with, um, you know, messages that that are uplifting to people and that reiterate how important they are uh, to to success of an organization and, and how, you know, working together, everybody is just as important as the next person. So I hope it's a balance of clear communication with value of the person and what they bring to the table. Right. Uh, to add on to that, I, I am really thrilled with um, how the founders put together a structure where there are formal places mm -hmm. on boards, committees, councils for persons of every type of background, age, um, despite any other challenges we've all uh, experienced previously, we're gonna we're gonna have this big tent and invite everybody in to the table. And I, I agree with you. I think that is one of our our uh, our hallmarks of what we're doing here. Okay, one more question there. What is the academy going to do very well, and where are the opportunities to grow for professionals within the academy? Well, I can promise you that we are going to be the most responsive member-driven organization that's available to people uh, in, in areas of health and physical literacy. We are going to do that really, really well. Uh, we're also going to provide uh, the very best professional development in, in many ways. For example, the regional summits, national summits, webinars, uh, the Academy Journal, and much more. Uh, second, I think we're, we are going to do very well uh, networking and member engagement. Our board is a thousand percent committed to that effort. And I think you said earlier, there are over 450 places where individuals can volunteer and serve. So we are very serious about uh, member engagement and networking. And uh, again, having a very large tent and a, a very crowded table. I'm kind of reminded of the, uh, I don't know if you guys are fans of the high women, uh, Marin Morris and Brandy Carlisle and some other great artists, but they have a fabulous song called Crowded Table. I think it won a Grammy. Uh, maybe we can make that our theme song. But, you know, as far as opportunities for growth, you know, I think any professional, whether they are a practitioner uh, who provide boots on the ground uh, every single day, or maybe they're in higher education and they're conducting research or they're preparing students, uh, the next generation of leaders, Maybe you're in the private sector, maybe you're in government, maybe you're in corporate wellness. Um, any of those individuals would benefit from academy membership. So if you're a professional that has anything at all to do with health and physical literacy, um, the, the academy is here for you. If you want to take advantage of top tier professional development, mentoring, networking, and opportunities to serve, the academy is absolutely uh, where, where you want to be. And you can you can do that at the regional level, the national level. Uh, the opportunities are literally just endless. And, you know, I'm just so excited about this upcoming year. And I look forward to uh, sharing this journey with, with everyone, um, not only our board, but also um, the new members that will join us. And like you said, our friend uh, Sandra Sims always encourages us to find joy in the journey. And not only have we done that these last, gosh, 15, 14 months, uh, I know we're going to continue to find joy in the journey every single day from here on. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. All right. Um, you've pretty much summarized your thoughts and feelings, but if you had to kind of identify one or two facets of your role that you are most looking forward to this year, um, what would they be? You know, honestly, it would be uh, the people and the professional development. Uh, I think everybody on, certainly on this webinar and hopefully anybody watching um, knows that your professional organization can lead you to people that become your family, 
uh, that become in some ways closer to you than even, you know, some maybe members of your own family. Um, but to be with a group of people uh, and to, to be able to uh, be with those individuals and lead with them is just absolutely incredible. So I'm so excited that we uh, will continue this great work with this amazing group of individuals. Um, and the professional development, it's just so fun, right? I mean, it's so fun to go to a conference, to go to a summit. We're all so ready to pack a bag and go somewhere. Um, I, think, I think the first trip I took after the pandemic was uh, like to Alabama. And I was so thrilled to just be putting my suitcase in the car. It didn't matter where I was going. I was just excited to be going somewhere. So I think our professional development, we've all had those experiences where you've gone to a conference and you're like, oh yeah, the conference was great. I learned a ton, but I had so much fun being with my people, right? And so I think between the people and the professional development, which kind of really all wraps up into one for me, that's what I'm most looking forward to. Uh, it kind of feels like you know, getting, our, getting the people back together and, and being together and learning and doing good things for our profession. Uh, and then personally, uh, being, being with your peeps. I think that's being what I'm most looking forward to. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Maria, we have a couple more questions for you. What two or three special skills or gifts do you bring to this role as CEO, Chief Executive Officer? Uh, you know, first of all, I am honestly humbled and honored to be chosen as CEO um, and to be working beside such a wonderful group as our founders. Um, three things right off the bat. I'm very personable. Um, I would talk to anybody and my wife will tell you that because we'll go into an elevator and she'll say, do you have to talk to everybody? And I'm like, oh. So um, I'm, I'm very approachable. Um, and I think that's really important for a member driven organization. Um, also to um, within my leadership style is really from the bottom up. I am not top down whatsoever. Um, it has to come from our members because our members are the ones that we value and that have the talents and the skills to make this uh, a wonderful community of professionals for health and physical literacy. And then I think the third thing that um, I think I do pretty well is I, I love to elicit other people's opinions because I feel that if we're in a room with 10 people and you ask what people's opinions are, you have 10 perspectives now. And they might all be different, but that's a great thing. Some people might see that as, oh gosh, now what do I do, right? But I see it as a positive because now I have 10 different perspectives to work with in my toolbox yep. in order to solve a problem appropriately or um, look at something in, in, another, in another light um, where, you know, you can bring about change in a most... Um, effective way. So I think those are the probably the basic things that I'd like to say that I would bring to the table. Right. As an old, old teacher educator, I recall uh, visiting with our student teachers right before they headed out in the field. And I used to say to them, your job is to squeeze every single bit of goodness and ability out of your students, every single one of them. And I, I kind of see that's what I'm hearing from all of you is that your enthusiasm for and excitement to, to bring the best out of everybody to contribute to this, this new opportunity, this new organization. So that'll be fun. Um, Maria, where do you look for your inspiration? Definitely my own children. Um, I learned from them. <laughs> every single day, what to do and what not to do. Um, my beautiful partner and um, I honestly look to all of you here uh, on this webinar and to my professional friends as so many of us have alluded to during the course of this conversation um, where we get inspired from other people. It's like, this, oh, that's a great idea, I'm gonna try that. Or why didn't I think of that? Or that's a great philosophy. So there's so much that we can learn from each other. And um, I would say those two areas are 
are key from my, my friends and my, my family. Right. Absolutely. I think we all feel that way. Um, as one of the persons who founded this wonderful new organization, um, what was your favorite, what are your favorite parts of the process? Because it's been a long journey. It has. And, you know, I, I'm thinking back and my first favorite part was when I said yes. <laughs> it was, okay, um, let's do this. This is, this is the dream. This is great. Let's get involved. And the second favorite part was meeting weekly with all of you um, and with all of the founders because, um, again, here comes that word passion, right? And, and wanting to do something that is so worthwhile and, and helping out others within our uh, professional realms. So I think that the compassion, the caring, not just to put this academy together and make it come to fruition, but it's also the caring of one another and what was going on in our lives daily and weekly and checking in. And you know, that is going to be the reflection of this academy as a whole, yes. because we are going to care about people. We are going to value members. We are going to listen well and to include others. And that's what it's all about. So um, it's just been a real privilege on this journey to this point so far. Right. Charity, I'd like to ask you the same question. Um, as one of the founders, um, what parts of this process have, um, have really stirred your soul? Well, at the risk of sounding exactly like Maria, um, you know, I would say the, the first kind of moment was getting that phone call. And actually, I think it was an email. And then, then there were several phone calls. And it was like, oh my gosh, we're doing this. It's happening. And that was, um, I don't think I'll ever forget that, to be honest with you. So that was, that was awesome. I think the, the other thing that um, I would say is a, has been a favorite part of this whole journey uh, is truly just getting to know every member of, of this founding group. And you know, some of the founding members I know very well. I know uh, better than some of the distant members of my own family is how well I know some of these folks, but then I didn't know others quite as well. And that has been so much fun to get to know everybody. Um, you know, the emails, the texts that lead to random texts that lead to, you know, random topics. And, and now everybody's, you know, sending emails of the pictures of the socks they wear to bed. I mean, it's just bizarre, <laughs> right? But, but, you know, when you create a community and you create a family, whether it's professional or personal, you know, you, you have your, your little community and you have your inside jokes and you have your your shared experience, right? And, you know, I, uh, I, I know in 50 years, well, I don't, I probably, I don't think I'm going to make it that long, but in 50 years, there will be a group of leaders that I hope are looking back at the founding of this organization and can at least recognize and maybe be inspired by the, the founders, not for who we were and not for what we did professionally, but for who we were to each other. And that maybe that can be an inspiration for future groups and leaders and boards and, and people that are as committed to our beloved field as we are, that can also find their little family and their group and their peeps um, through, through their professional work. And it, it becomes immediately rewarding both personally and professionally. So I think, I think that's been my favorite part. Well, I think you've summed up all of our hearts because... Um both, you know, both you and Maria mentioned what it felt like to get the call that says, mm -hmm. do you want to do this? Can we do this? And there was never hesitation on mm -hmm. anyone's part. And I think that that enthusiasm and excitement and positive belief, there was never a doubt that we were doing this for the right reasons and for our profession. And so it has been, been great excitement and, and I appreciate all your comments. So now we're gonna kind of shift gears a little bit. We've been pretty serious, except for talking about socks. Uh, 
with how we came to this part and, and uh, what inspired us to do it. So now we're gonna ask a few simple questions for each of you. And you don't know what questions I'm going to ask you. So this should be fun. And I hope you'll have fun with it. What's your go-to productivity trick? Maria? My go-to is to go into my art studio and paint. Ah. And then after an hour painting, that's where I get all my ideas. And then I go back to the office. And that takes care of, that's wonderful. That's, that's a great, great idea. Holly? Well, Maria, I would uh, venture to say that I might try to draw some stick figures because I can barely draw a complete circle. Um, so good for you. But my go-to productivity is that um, I just like to get things done. I, I don't, I can't stand to have things on my um, to-do list and I do have to-do lists to, you know, for professional and personal and everything. So I'm just the kind of person who likes to get it done and get it done as quickly as I can, but effectively, but it's, I just got to, don't let it pile up. There you go. There you go. Get it done. All right. This question's for Cam. What's the name of the city and state and one thing special about the place where you grew up? Cam? Well, I grew up in Renton, Washington. So I've come back home after the 30 years I spent in the South. And I would say what's special about it is um, we have two floating bridges and we have the Space Needle that people definitely recognize um, and our mountains, they're yes. special. I'm glad to be back to all of that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Charity, this one is for you. On what topic could you give a 10 minute presentation without any preparation? The importance of being professionally involved. There you go. <laughs> and have you given that presentation without preparation before? I, yes, I actually have. Sometimes I give it impromptu in my classes if I feel like we're, we're not paying attention or, you know, giving full effort. Right. There you go. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Holly and Carol. What songs lyrics have you memorized completely? They just, it's right in your head. Carol? Oh, that's a tough one because I love to sing. So although I have to say, as I've gotten older, I finding that I'm losing the lyrics to most songs that I did know. <laughs> um, but I would probably say right now, Crazy by Patsy Cline. Crazy by Patsy Cline. Oh my gosh. She's one of my favorites as well. For sure. Holly? Well, again, just like the artwork, I'm, I'm not a good artist, nor am I a good singer, but I've taught dance for 20 years. But as far as lyrics go, other than maybe Happy Birthday, I would have to say Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. <gasps> my very favorite song of all time. I can't get my favorite no. song <laughs> of all time. Very good. I knew that you and I had a lot in common. All right. Um, Charity and Cam, this one's for you. What do you wish you knew more about? Cam, we'll let you start. Well, I think that'd be easy in some ways. It'd be technology. You know, I just have not moved at all <laughs> with that, technic that technology. And I find myself in positions that, that force me to, which is the good news but I wish I'd done it more um, willingly on the front end. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, Charity? Okay. Mine is, I wish I knew more about, but I also wish I had the capacity to understand. Don't laugh. So I'm really, really intrigued by quantum physics and the possibility of time travel, you know, like parallel Ooh. universes. But every time I try to read about it, I get so lost, I just have to stop. So, I, you know. Ah, I'll be darned, time travel. Yeah, you know, physics. Apparently physics is important. Who knew, right? Who knew? Yeah. All right, uh, Carol and Maria, here's one for you. 
What's your favorite day of the week and why? Carol? I would have to say it's probably Monday, believe it or not, because I always think of Monday as being a fresh start to the week. Mm. Oh, wow. I didn't expect a Monday. (laughs) All right. Maria? Carol, you're so philosophical. I love it. (laughs) I would say Saturday, because when you wake up Saturday morning, it's like the start of the weekend, and I'm... I'm ready for gardening, painting, whatever comes my way. And knowing that I have the whole day of rest the next day is is pretty cool. There you go. There you go. All right. This one is for Holly and Charity. Are you listening? Listening. Main cabin or New York City high rise? Which one and why? Charity? Uh, I'll go with the cabin in Maine. Just, you know, that's just, just me. Just now, I, I wouldn't turn down a trip to the New York City high rise, but I, if I'm going to do that, I want to go see like Hamilton or something like that. Right. But, um, you know, if you're forcing me to pick, I'll take the cabin in Maine. There you go. All right. Holly? Um, yeah, I love New York City, but again, if it's if I have to choose, it would have to be the cabin because I'm outdoorsy. I got to get up and do my walk or my run in the morning, and I want to be all cuddled up at night when it's nice and cool and be outdoors. So, oh yeah. Yep. All right. All right, Deb and Maria. Deb, you'll go first. Name one positive that you gained during our 15 months of COVID quarantine. Deb. I got to stay at my lake. Ah. I got to stay home and I didn't have to have an excuse. So, <laughs> stay in good. place. Stay in place. There you it's go. All good. There you go. Uh, Maria? So I've taken thousands of pitches um, since I, I, I can ever remember. My parents got me this Pentax when I was 18 years old in high school. And all of my family and my friends, so I went through all of them. It's about 3,000, 3,500 photos. And I spent the year doing that and gave them to all of my brothers, my cousins. And then I put my own kids' albums together. So that was um, a joyous feat, that's for sure. And definitely a feat, for sure. All right, Carol and Cam, what movie title best describes your life? Carol? It's a wonderful life. (laughs) I just really love life. Um, I I love everything about it. Um, You know, even the sad times, you know, they, they make me think about, you know, happier times and, and memories of, of those that maybe created sad moments. But um, basically I would have to say it's a wonderful life. And I love the movie too. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Cam? Yep, same thing, a wonderful life. I feel that, you know, I have been blessed growing up in the Northwest and having many opportunities. And then professionally, I, um, you know, my dad once asked me if I ever had, you know, a chance to do it over again, what would I do professionally? And I, I can't imagine having picked anything else, the people that have influenced my life, the things I've got, you know, I've been able to do travel and meet people and grow as a person, not just as a professional, but just as a person. And, and I think being a part of the Academy would just be right up there with that, having grown personally and professionally. So um yeah, Carol, I agree with you. You know, the, the good times off all outweigh whatever negative I've had. Yes. All right. It, it's been fun to craft these questions because I know each of you so well. It, it's kind of fun. So I can almost answer these. But Charity and Holly, are you an early bird or a night owl? And Charity, it's okay if you say both. <laughs> well, I was... 
My answer is I am a night owl, but unfortunately I can't pull that off with my work schedule. So I'm forced into being an early bird, but as soon as I retire, I'm, I'm taking all the bedtime alarms off my phone. You're flipping the switch. <laughs> Thank you. Holly? I'm definitely an early bird. like to get up, you know, even on vacation, I'll get up early just to watch the sunrise, hear the birds sing, be outside in that fresh air. There you go. All right, these next couple of questions for each of you are gonna be real quickies, just quick answers. Holly and Cam, if you owned a boat, what would you name it? Holly? We do own a boat and it's called the SS Humbarb. 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 Oh, there must be a story. There is, but you said it had to be quick. Uh, all right, okay, Cam? Second home. Second mm -hmm. home, ooh, that's intriguing. Very good. All right, Deb and Maria, if you had to choose another profession, do you have any idea what it might be? Maria? Oh, wait a minute. Oops, sorry. Oh, Deb, you can go ahead. No, go ahead, Deb. Go ahead. I would have been in a service. I would have been in military service. Oh, my goodness. That takes bravery. Maria? Or stupidity. Uh, definitely, <laughs> <laughs> definitely would have been... Um, an artist with my own studio somewhere. Right, right. I, I can imagine. Um, Cam and Carol, in one sentence, what's the best advice either of your parents gave you? Cam? My dad, always drive on the top half of the gas tank. <laughs> <laughs> and I have never forgotten that. I commuted for 30 years and I always was half or full. Very good. Very good. Uh, Carol? Uh, be kind and always be true to yourself. Oh, wonderful advice. Those are both, both real good ones. Charity, favorite ice cream? All of them, but if I have to narrow it down, I would say pistachio and chocolate, a scoop of each side by side. Oh, copper cone. What? Copper cone. Well, because of the situation with the two scoops, a cup. A cup. Okay. Yeah. Deb, if you could live anywhere in the world besides Michigan, where would it be? Australia. Oh, mm. have you been there? Yes, I have. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, Carol, beach or mountains? Beach. Beach. All right. You can go stay with Holly. Uh, <laughs> Come on down. There, there you go. Maria, favorite meal to cook? Mm. Oh, boy. Lasagna. Lasagna. And, and all of the founders uh, hope we'll have that opportunity one day. I, okay. I do want to tell, uh, share with our listening audience that there are nine founders and then four others that we invited to the table because of their, their expertise uh, in particular fields that we knew would make us a stronger group. So uh, in all, there are 13 of us. So you need to fix for 13 when you <laughs> fix that lasagna. Um, Deb, what's the best book you've read lately? I just finished one that's called The Book of Lost Names. And it's about a World War II um, forger. It's very good if you get a chance to read it. Um, it was about a librarian who... Um, had been a forger in um, in the in the World War II and fought the Nazis and I won't lose or spoil it for you but it's an easy read um, and it's it's about uh, dedication service following your dreams and um, really kind of this this woman had the guts to do some things that um, other people did not um, she was a Jew and um, it it took her from her her end of her life to the to the beginning of her life and she, a lot of people didn't really know who she was. Because uh, she'd done all these things, and I can kind of identify with that sometimes. I don't always know who you are, you know, and then all of a sudden they go, Wow, what, what did she do there? So, anyway, I would strongly recommend it. It's the book of, of lost names, and uh, great, great. I would strongly recommend it. Well, it's been um, an interesting professional and personal discussion. Uh, I want to thank each one of you for being here today. Uh, I think our colleagues have learned a little bit about the academy, what inspired its inception and a little bit about each of you and I think that that's always a nice combination and it's 
pretty much what our profession is all about, is getting to know uh, our content area and sharing it with people who become, uh, they go from strangers to colleagues, to friends, to family. And I think that's the journey many of us have taken, uh, even in this group. Um, I imagine that June 30th, uh, our launch day will be very, very memorable. Um, and so as we participate in bringing this new organization together, um, I know that I can say we, do, we have done this for our profession and for those who come behind us and those who uh, are currently uh, involved working in our profession. So uh, I know that the day we launch will be very, very exciting for all of us. So to our viewers, thanks for watching. And we hope to see you in Birmingham, Alabama, February 13th through 15th, 2022, when the National Academy for Health and Physical Literacy will um, meet in conjunction with the National Health and Physical Literacy Summit. So we look forward to it. And uh, as I'm sure each of these People would tell you if you have a question, an idea, whatever it is, ring our bell because we're all here. The tent's big, the table's bigger. <laughs>